Did you know Higher Ed's premier tech conference, Elucian Live, is almost here. Join industry leaders in New Orleans, March 26th through 29th. Discover insights and game-changing solutions to unlock possibility and drive student success. Register at elive.elucian.com. Epic. Three higher ed authors, 100-plus college and university presidents, dozens of actionable insights for academic leaders. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education, is now available on Amazon. Welcome back, everybody. It's your time to Ed Up on the Ed Up Experience podcast, where we make education your business. I'm your guest host, Bill Pepicello, former University of Phoenix president and host of the weekly Ed Up Insights podcast, also the author of the book Leadership on the Field of Play, which is available on Amazon. As long as I'm going to guest host this, I'm going to get all of my uh, my uh, props in there. And today I'm filling in for your regular host, Dr. Joe Saluscio. But enough, Joe Leonard from Advanced 360 Education. Welcome, Joe. Nice to meet you. Thanks, Bill. It's great to meet you too. It's going to be a blast. Now, Joe is a 25-year veteran of higher education, largely in enrollment management and marketing and campus operations. Um, and he's got a, a good grounding there. He's a, a lifelong leadership fan, and he also teaches as an adjunct at the University of Arizona Global Campus. He uh, earned his master's and bachelor's degree in business from Indiana Wesleyan University, if I'm not mistaken. You got it right. Okay, well, so Joe is away, so we're going to play. And our very, very special guest today is Jocelyn Hiddle, who's the associate vice president there we go, Associate Vice Chancellor of the Colorado State University Spur Campus and Special Projects. Now that's quite a, uh, a title as we'll see, um, but welcome Jocelyn. And we wanna uh, have a, a good conversation with you today because as far as I'm concerned, you have one of the coolest jobs ever in higher education. Um, so maybe you could you could start by telling us a little bit about what the Spur Campus is, how it got that name, uh, and where it came from, and then we'll talk a little bit about um, what it does. Sure. Thank you so much, and thanks for the opportunity to be here with you. And um, I do have one of the coolest jobs in any sector, I think. So um, I, I am happy to hear to be here to talk more about the Spur Campus with you. Um, so the CSU Spur campus is a satellite campus in Denver, Colorado. It's a system project. So uh, you're, you may be familiar with the CSU system. We have uh, our flagship CSU in Fort Collins. Um, we also have Colorado State University Pueblo, which is a Hispanic serving institution in Pueblo, Colorado. And we have CSU Global, which is a fully online institution. So the Spur campus is a satellite of the system and really is intended to be an entry point into the CSU system and a presence here in Denver, Colorado. And one of the things that is really special about the Spur campus is that it is a marriage of what you might think of as some typical higher ed um, activities like research, 
a formal education, um, but it is also uh, an opportunity for kids and families to interface with the CSU system, with scientists and our partner organizations, with professionals who are offering services and doing research, and be inspired to understand and pursue careers they might not be familiar with, particularly in the realms of food, water, and health. So um, I'll answer your other question about how it got its name. So where we sit here in Denver, we are part of a larger redevelopment project called the National Western Center that is at the former grounds of the National Western Stock Show. And the stock show was uh, cited here back in 1906, in part due to its proximity to a rail line. So we are right close to the Burlington Northern uh, rail line, and we sit right where there was a rail spur that connected um, into that line. So that's one of the reasons that we chose the, the name Spur. Another reason is that the National Western Stock Show is exactly what it sounds like. It's a 118 year uh, old event that happens here in Denver every January. It has more attendees than the Olympics and about 700,000 this past January. So it is people who are coming together to um, to buy and sell livestock, to, to judge livestock, to compete in rodeos. Um, it has been a tradition for many agricultural families for generations. Um, so the other meaning of the word is a nod to the Western heritage and tradition of the site where we are now located. And the third meaning of the word, which is the one that I like the best, is the verb form of spur. So we are here to spur innovation, to spur change, to inspire, um, kids and, and young people, really lifelong learners. We're here um, for everyone K to gray, we say, um, to connect them to, to careers and, and challenges in food, water, health, and sustainability. Wow. Well, I fit the gray part anyway. Um, Joe, what do you got? Yeah, you know, it was a fascinating read this morning. I, I think I've read the website front to cover now, and I live here and didn't know much about this and know quite a bit about CSU. So um, pretty exciting. I think one of the quotes that I wrote down was that CSU Sperm, it's a laboratory, a vet clinic, a market, a museum, an art studio, a garden, <laughs> classroom, et cetera. And I thought, wow, what a cool thing for the community. What a cool thing for kids. And a great way to really stitch the university in probably statewide, if you say it that way. So with that said, can you tell us about the genesis of the project and sort of the vision for the future? Sure. So you are correct. It is all of those things. So when people ask me, what is the Spur Campus? I have to ask how much time they have uh, because it is a lot of things. Um, and it is, uh, I think the beauty of the Spur Campus is that we are bringing all of these different um, subject subjects and disciplines and experiences together in one place. Um, and that is really a, a wonderful experience. And we do hope that it continues to inspire young people, um, well, lifelong learners, as I said. So um, the genesis of the Spur campus goes back over a decade to conversations that the National Western Stock Show was having with the city and county of Denver and other partners to say, we would like this place that hosts this signature event in January to be more of a year-round destination so that we have people coming and the, and the space is vibrant and thriving all year long. So they approached CSU to partner in this redevelopment project to uh, create more of a year-round uh, destination. So that was the initial start to the Spur Campus. We have other partners at the National Western Center. Um, it's a 250-acre redevelopment 
and um, other partners that are programmatic partners are Denver Museum of Nature and Science and History Colorado. Um, we've brought in Denver Water as a partner, as well as the Dumb, Friendly, Dumb Friends League, which is a um, veterinary clinic and animal shelter here in Denver as partners on the project. And we fully expect that more partners, more formal partnerships will evolve over time. Um, but the idea of the original collaboration was to, to take all of the vision and mission elements from all of these different partners and to redevelop this full site to have it be more than the sum of all of our collective parts. Um, so it is an event venue. There are large scale event venues that are being constructed now. Um, it is a, a nexus for conversations around um, the future of, of food, ag, water, sustainability, and health. Um, and all of that started, like I said, about a decade ago as we were um, asked to be part of the, this redevelopment project. And uh, we are fortunate enough now, CSU Spur, just, we just completed our final facility and had our, our ribbon cutting on January 6th of 2023. So um, we are now um, largely done with the construction of our part of this larger redevelopment project, but other construction uh, continues around us. And we really look forward to the completion of the full vision of the National Western Center. Well, all of that is, is really, really cool and you haven't even gotten to the part that i think is super cool and that is uh, the spur is free and open to the public year-round it's a place where you can take uh, field trips and families can come and en enjoy a day looking at uh, uh, all of the many things uh, that are there uh, and as i understand it, you've got essentially three venues three physical venues uh, which are now open to the public and maybe you could tell us a little bit about those. Sure. Yes, we are free and open to the public Monday through Friday and every second Saturday. So we really focus on kid and family programming on those second Saturdays. And those days are really vibrant and are really picking up momentum. And we're really happy um, to welcome um, anyone uh, to Spur um, uh, during those days. And, and we're also open Monday through Friday. We see a lot of tour groups and school groups. A lot of school field trips are coming through during the week. Um, as well as we host a variety of different meetings and conferences and conversations here. So um, I'll tell you a little bit about the three facilities. The Vida building, Vida is Spanish for life, was uh, completed a little over a year ago. And that building focuses on health, particularly animal health, but also connections between human and animal health. And it has a, a full veterinary clinic that the Dumb Friends League runs that has a portion of it that is on show to the public. So there is one area where kids and families and visitors, anybody can come and actually watch a surgery. The vets are mic'd up and they can talk you through what they're doing. They can answer questions from young people. And believe me, kids will come and watch surgeries for hours and they will ask every question that you can imagine. Um, so those vets have gotten really used to having someone actually watch them do their day job. And to uh, and really used to answering a lot of questions. So um, they've really, I have to say, the, the vets at first were, um, you know, they were like, well, people are going to watch us do this work. But um, it has really been an inspiration to see them light up around getting kids inspired to maybe follow in their footsteps. So that's one portion of it. We also have Temple Grandin Equine Center, which does equine assisted activities and therapies. So physical therapy, behavioral therapy, occupational therapy, all of it using horses. Um, and then we have an equine sports medicine clinic. So that is animal health again. It's basically physical therapy for horses that, that are um, competing here at the larger National Western Center. Um, the second building, Terra, that we opened in June of 2022 is focused on food and agriculture. So it has a similar 
concept in that there's a lot of transparency and opportunity for visitors to interact with the scientists at work. So we have controlled environment agriculture, we have a soil lab, we have a plant diagnostic lab, we have a rooftop uh, green roof, which is growing food and doing research on how to grow food on roofs here in Colorado, and a rooftop greenhouse, which is also research and demonstration around growing food in an urban area. Um, and then our final facility, Hydro, is focused on water, and it has laboratories for water treatment technologies, it has uh, teaching spaces, and it's really also sort of our mothership here. So it's got our a, a theater for conferences and convenings, more um, several of our classrooms, and and really our is, is kind of our home base. But it also is a partnership with Denver Water, so they're here, and we think this is a unique collaboration between a university and a utility. They have their water quality compliance lab here, but we're also thinking about collaborative research and opportunities for students to intern and things like that. So our buildings are thematically oriented. You'll notice I didn't say a chemistry, a biology, um, and, uh, and a physics building. Um, and that's intentional. We really want uh, multidisciplinary work to be happening within these walls. So we do also have some or nonprofit organizations that focus on these themes that are also here um, living with us in these buildings. Wow. Well, Joe, I see you've been taking uh, copious notes there. What do you got? <laughs> copious notes. Yeah, it's interesting stuff. And I think it's cutting edge. It's innovative. It's not something I hear about. I talk to schools all over the world, you know, and I know that something Bill is much more of an expert uh, than I am on this, but I have had to deal with multiple locations and multiple campuses and as it relates to communication among campuses and, and really um, culture, you know, from the inside out. And I just wonder within your kind of campus ecosystem, how is this being received and how is it working from say Pueblo all the way back to Fort Collins? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, very insightful question. Um, so one of the, I, so I've been working on this project for a little over nine years. So one of the things we started with was coming to primarily the Fort Collins campus at the time to say, what's the opportunity that you see? Faculty, staff, administrators, what is it that having a physical presence in Denver can help you do that's in line with your existing goals and strategic plan um, for your unit. Um, what can we do in Denver that would help you do your job more easily, better, with different access, with different audiences? How do we leverage this experience? And so the initial programs that helped to shape the um, design and construction of these facilities were very grassroots um, in terms of how we developed them, because we had people who really saw a space in Denver will really help the work that I am doing, whether it's research or outreach or service provision or education or innovation. And so um, uh, we were able to really build an initial cohort of programs around people who really saw this um, as, as benefiting the work they were already doing. Um, and now we're in a position where we are asking for additional um, programs to be proposed to live here. So we have this initial cohort and now we have more that are coming. Because this is a satellite campus and has some very specific features and is very public, and that there, um, there are some programs that are a really great fit here, and um, some that really see the benefit of all of that visibility, and they are asking now to come and be a part of the Spur campus. Um, we have also uh, started that process with CSU Pueblo. It's a, a smaller institution, so 
and a little further away. So to your point around having multiple locations, it's a little bit harder to do easy engagement of existing programs at CSU Pueblo here. Um, but we are working on it and we really want to be sure that we're showcasing programs that have a home base in all of our campuses here at Spur. Um, it is, uh, it, it, and to answer your question about how it was received, I mean, I think there are um, a lot of folks who've been with us from the very beginning, um, helping us to envision what this place can be. And I think there are also new folks who really either they've been at CSU for a long time and have just really tuned into what's happening or they're new to CSU. And really, you could hear me talk about Spur five years ago and you wouldn't understand until you're here now today with these three buildings constructed what it really means. And so we're at this inflection point where I think there is so much interest both internal and, uh, internally and externally in engaging at Spur because now you see it. It's this hybrid of all of these different activities and it's very hard to understand until you're here. And now that people can come here and see it in action, um, we're really seeing a spike in interest both internally and externally. Yeah, well, your website certainly does a good job, by the way. So whoever's uh, in charge of that, and I assume ultimately you are, um, you know, as Joe that. said, you it, you can be on there for hours uh, trying to figure everything out. Um, but one of the things that I noticed is that there's you have a, a spur scholarship program because obviously you're you're hot hot into uh, community outreach and partnerships and I mean they're everywhere there. But how does that scholarship program work? Thanks. Uh, that's a great question. So um, I'll take a step back and talk a little bit about our community engagement, which led to that Spur Scholarship. So um, we are, our location here in Denver is in um, kind of a complex of neighborhoods called the Globeville and Elyria Swansea neighborhoods, um, or sometimes we just refer to it as the 80216 zip code um, for, <laughs> for ease. So we're in 80216. Um, it is a, a lower income, predominantly Latinx community. And um, because we've had such a long runway, we started nine years ago having conversations with the neighborhoods to say, what is it that Spur can do that is useful to you? Um, and just doing a lot of listening. So we've, we've been connecting with the schools in the neighborhoods. We've been connecting with existing community organizations to listen, to understand what our role might be, because we know we're coming in as a new neighbor um, into these communities. And we wanted to be sure that we were integrating what it is that we offered with what was most beneficial. Uh, we also know that this is going to be an ongoing piece of what we do is we continue to listen. We continue to be responsive to requests from the community whenever and wherever we can. Um, and this uh, particular piece was, was a request from the community at the Spur Scholarship. So it is for students from the 80216 zip code to attend any of CSU's institutions. So it's our first system-wide scholarship opportunity and it's been um, donor funded so far and we, we uh, continue to um, do work to ensure that that's a sustainable uh, offering so that we can um, provide access to college for students who are here and who are part of our, our direct community at Spur. Ladies and gentlemen, can I have your attention? It's time for us to solve the puzzle of success in higher education. Get your ticket to Elucian Live for industry insights, powerful connections, and innovative solutions. From March 26th through 29th, join peers from around the world in New Orleans to unlock the possibility and drive student and institutional success. Learn more and register at elive.elucian.com. It's time to level up. The beginning of a new era in higher education begins with you. Order your copy of Commencement 
The Beginning of a New Era in Higher Education by Kate Colbert, Dr. Joseph Lucille, with contributions by Elvin Freitas. It's Higher Education's must-read book of 2022. Discover how you can seize the moment to change higher education forever. Commencement, the beginning of a new era in higher education, now available on Amazon. For bulk orders, contact Kate, Joe, or Elvin. Wow. Excellent. Joe? You know, we did um, an interview with a, a, a campus president, I don't know, two weeks ago, Joe and I, and this school was fascinating in that all of their programs are environmental, sustainability, climate, and what I talked to him about in that interview, and I want to ask you, it just seems to me like this generation of college students is more in tune with those topics, and frankly, with those programs that are now kind of you know, popping up all over the place at universities. And I just wonder from a retention standpoint, you know, how does the university use Spur as sort of a stitch in or a retention opportunity throughout the system? That's a great question. So to your point about sustainability and, and the things that we see students really caring about, we know that sustainability of the university, both in terms of the physical facilities and its operations, but also in terms of curriculum is a, is a big deciding factor for a lot of students um, and is really an important piece of their, um, what they value about um, CSU and the choices that they make in terms of the college education. So I'll note that CSU Fort Collins was the first platinum rated campus in sustainability through the um, HE STARS program. So the Association for the Advancement of Sustainability in Higher Education has a rating system. We were the first platinum school. We just received our um, rating again um, and are, are still at platinum. Mm -hmm. And we're happy that other schools have joined us in that platinum rating. Um, and um, one of the things that's mm -hmm. been very important to me is how we can take what CSU Fort Collins has exemplified when it comes to sustainability and continue that here at Spur. So all of our buildings are lead gold. Um, a lot of the themes that we are focused on, food, water, health, sustainability, all of these things are, are obviously connected to one another and connected to what it is that we know that young people and, and our incoming students are really caring about. Um, so I think um, when it comes to retention, you know, we, we've only been open for a little over a year. So it's hard to, to speak to what our ability might be um, on that front. But I do think it's a, a really good introduction to the all of the different ways that CSU focuses on sustainability to, to folks who come here to SPUR. We do um, showcase what it is that we're doing well. I think one of the other things that's also really exciting for us, I'm sorry, this is a lengthy answer, but one of the mm -hmm. other things that's really exciting for us here is the opportunity to study this satellite campus itself as a, a living lab so that we can help to advance uh, our own state of the art around how, how we're using energy, how we're using water, um, how we're connecting with community um, so that we're hitting on all, all environmental, social, um, and economic uh, portions of the sustainability uh, discussion. Um, so one of the other things I'll note is that because we are in a, um, this building that I'm sitting in right now, the hydro building, um, has a number of one water strategies and water conservation strategies that are demonstrated. So not only are we walking the walk when it comes to how uh, we design the facilities, but we also are then translating that to, um, dashboards and information that the public can be exposed to when they come to visit us. Wow. Well, don't yeah. worry about the uh, lengthy responses, Jocelyn. It's, uh, I've been in higher education for well over 40 years, and 
never come across anything like what you do. Um, and, and I've seen a lot of stuff, believe me. <laughs> um, and I, I believe that you could talk all day about this, but I'm going to take you in a different direction because one of the things that I want to know, and I think probably people listening want to know is how in the world did you get to where you are? Now, to give a little context for our listeners, Jocelyn's uh, an Ivy League girl, um, and I I can say that because I'm an Ivy League guy. Um, I, I went to Brown uh, way back when, but you're you know you and you've got some impressive credentials in in ecology and and you know biology and all that good stuff that makes it understandable how you might get to where you are but you don't seem like you're a Western girl. And, and I, you, I mean, some of your, your early experiences were on the East Coast, if I, uh, if I did my research correctly. So how the heck did you get where you are? Um, and what makes them think you're so good? Because obviously you are. <laughs> it's, I asked myself this question, how, how is it that I got where I am? And, and um and how can I keep fooling everyone that I'm qualified to do this? Um, so uh, thanks for the question. I did mostly grow up in Fort Collins, uh, Colorado. So I am ah. a Westerner by upbringing, Midwesterner by birth. And, and then we moved out here when I was 11. So the West has really um, been my home um, in many ways. So um, it is, uh, it's true. I did go to college and graduate school on the East coast. And, um, I think always kind of had my sights set on coming back out West. Um, you know, I, I think for some people, um, you know, you really get tied to a place and I, I felt like, um, the, the West was home for me. So, um, yes. And also my background was originally in biology. My plan was to become a veterinarian when I was in college. Um, and, uh, and beyond actually. And, but I always sort of went back and forth between environmental work and, um, veterinary medicine, um, and really found that I had a lot of interest in both of those areas and ultimately, um, ended up pursuing more of the environmental side of things and then going into land use and urban planning. So, um, the ecology and biology piece, what has been very useful in that, um, in part, because I think, um, well, urban planning is really ecology, with sort of the human component more explicitly factored in, right? It's all systems. Um, it's all, you know, the, the pieces of uh, an ecosystem that are um, really the same as the pieces of a city and how it, how it functions. Um, so that really was a part of my interest. And then um, I was lucky enough to, uh, so I worked for a while in the urban planning sector and doing community engagement um, around urban planning and sustainability, and then um, was lucky enough uh, a little over nine years ago to be brought um, onto the CSU team to help develop um, the vision and the um, plans for this campus. And then my job has really changed every year since. Um, as you can imagine, seeing a, pro a project through from that early day all the way now to here where I'm sitting in these facilities, um, it's been different every year. Um, and that has really kept it. Um, I've, I've literally never been bored for one day um, in this job over the last nine years, because it's always fresh. I'm always learning new things. Um, I'm al I always have the opportunity to meet new people and develop new partnerships. And that has been um, an absolute gift. Wow. Uh, do you think that what you're doing is going to or maybe it already is serving as a model 
for for other institutions. So I'm sitting here in in Phoenix, Arizona, um, and we have a small state school here. You might have heard of, um, and I don't think they've ever even scratched the surface of anything like that. Are you are you getting inquiries from other places? I think we will. We've gotten, we've had some conversations over time. Um, you know, as as we now are complete, just it's only been two months that we've had all three of our facilities online. Um, I think there will be a lot more interest in how this is working. And so we're really thinking now about how do we measure success and how can we tell the story and how can we help others um, replicate, tinker with, modify for context the pieces of what we're doing here that are really working well. Um, and, you know, we will also constantly be evaluating ourselves, what is working well and what isn't, and how do we need to change um, our approach. So I think um, we, we did, so speaking of um, other state institutions, we actually looked at um, components of a variety of different programs, um, including some of what ASU is doing in Phoenix and looking at um, innovation programs and connections with the business community. So, um, you know, I think there are uh, pieces and parts of what we are doing here that have been done and done very well um, in, in various other institutions across the country. Um, I think the the piece that is a, a bit different for us really is that public facing component and the and the kid and family component um, that makes this unique. And um, we're excited to to help others follow suit um, as it makes sense for them. Great, Joe. What do you think? Yeah, I don't have much doubt they're going to follow, and they should. I mean, it's a yeah. great model, and it's it's great to lead the way. And I'm proud to live here and, and be able to hear about this and see it and, and, and probably be able to participate in it in the future. I've been around here a little while. I'm a Kentucky kid, though, I have to tell you, and uh, married a girl from Colorado. And that's the end of that, because Colorado <laughs> girls believe there's nowhere else in the country any better than Colorado, it seems. Right. So I always I mean, it's hard to argue with. In my career, people like Bill would tell me that would mentor me, hey, listen, if you want to succeed, you're going to have to be prepared to move. Well, yep. she won't move. So, <laughs> you know, I had to just survive and make it. But what I wanted to talk to you about, and Bill, if you don't know, the National Stock Show in Denver is a mighty big deal. And it's really a huge economic driver. I didn't know. In fact, if I don't know my history right, but if I'm right about this, the city of Denver and all of its success was largely built around the National Stock Show. Um, in the 70s, I think they often refer to Denver as a cow town, you know. And so what I wanted to ask you about, Jocelyn, was what's the relationship like with the National Stock Show today? Uh, first of all, I'm going to make it two part for time's sake. And second of all, just kind of if you could touch on your summer camps, because that's something I'm a little bit passionate about. And I think our listeners would love to hear about it. Yeah. So thanks for the question. The, um, our collaboration with the National Western Stock Show, and now there is another entity as well that is helping to manage the full National Western Center, um, because it will the National Western Center will continue to host the Stock Show event in January, but a whole host of other events over the course of the rest of the, the calendar year. So um, the National Western Center Authority and the National Western Stock Show and CSU and the city and county of Denver are constantly working together to continue to build out the rest of the site and to envision new programs and experiences that are here. Um, it's been, you know, CSU and the National Western Stock Show specifically have had a very longstanding um, uh, relationship. Our students went down to the very first stock show and apparently we got banned from competing because CSU won everything and 
Um, I suppose you can understand why that why the the um, land grant school might have done that back in 1906. Um, but uh, somewhere along the line, I guess the the paperwork that said we were banned got lost, and we we are allowed uh, back in and to to compete and to participate. We have um, ag experience that. Um, thousands of kids go through every January. So it's a great partnership. It's a, it's a wonderful way for us to um, continue to talk about Colorado agriculture um, to both urban and rural audiences, because the stock show also draws a lot of folks from the Denver metro area who um, may not have as much connection to their food and where it comes from. Um, but it also draws uh, exhibitors from across 42 states and several countries every year, or 40, I think it was 48 states this past Jeez. year. So it is a big deal. It's a big economic driver. We're very proud to be partners with the National Western Center. How about your wow. summer camps? Oh, summer camps. Yes. Um, so we have a, a few summer camps that we're launching this year. I know camps are um, such a, uh, a valuable offering for parents. Um, so we have um, some sports camps that are coming this summer um, and encourage summer math program. That's part of our College of Engineering. Mm -hmm. um, we have a music theater camp that is part of um, our offerings this summer. Um, and we're looking to add another one um, called Kids Do It All, where they where they write, produce, paint the sets, write the script, perform the script. Um, they, they do a whole theater production over the course of um, the summer camp. So that's coming next summer. Um, we also partner with a lot of organizations that are already doing great work in this space. So um, there are a number of nonprofit organizations that already offer summer camps and, and um, outdoor learning experiences. And we are, we really think of SPUR as a platform for lots of different organizations to use. So they will be here offering summer camps um, in coming years as well. Awesome. Wow. So are the, are the summer camps done largely in cooperation with CSU departments? Yes. A, a great question. So our, like our youth sports camp, for example, is done um, with folks who typically run those up in Fort Collins out of our College of Health and Human Sciences and um, the, the music theater out of our, our College of Liberal, Liberal Arts and the, and the Department of Music Theater and Dance. Yeah. Okay. And I've got one, one follow-up and then I'll throw it back yeah. to you, Joe, so I'm not uh, taking too much time here. The, the, the phrase that you use that really caught my attention is public facing because I've done a lot of these uh, podcasts. I know Joe has done a lot of them. We don't talk enough about higher education doing public facing things. And we talk about some community outreach and you know how we try to partner, but mostly higher education these days is internally focused. You're looking at trying to keep your, uh, your budget sustainable, let alone the, uh, the ecosystem. I I just want to give you great kudos for that because it's it's really it must make you sleep well at night to know that you you can partner with not only your institution but the community in in all kinds of uh, of different ways to um, to just make life better and I think we don't think enough about that in higher education today. Well, thank you for that comment. And it gives me an opportunity to talk a little bit more about the why of SPUR. Um, right. I've, I've hit on it a little bit, but one of the things that we are really focused on here um, is, you know, we're thematically oriented on food, water, health, and sustainability. And, and in part that we know that it is, that the reason that we chose those is because we know we have big challenges in these areas that we need to address. Um, and in order to address those problems, we need more minds um, pointed at addressing these challenges, we need more diverse minds and perspectives and backgrounds and, and ways of thinking pointed at these problems. Um, and really, 
Um, that is a lot of why we exist and why we are public facing is because we want to be inspiring young people. And we know that kids start to think about what careers, this career is for me and this career is not for me, or college is for me or college is not for me um, by the time they're, you know, roughly sixth grade. So if we um, can offer uh, experiences, connections to scientists, researchers, professional service providers, writers, artists, whomever, um, that can offer young people a uh, vision for themselves and careers like that. And then we can say, here's the educational pathway that gets you to that career. And we can have a touch point with that same kid over various, all of their years of elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, we have a better chance of engaging those students um, to help um, address these big global challenges where we need young people, we need um, we need diverse mindsets and we, we need their help. And um, this is really part of why we are here and why we're doing what we're doing. Terrific, yeah, Joe. Very, very, very cool. So, speaking of community, I think I read uh, that there's opportunity for volunteer involvement. Tell us about that, and um, you know how fruitful has it been, or how challenging has it been? Yeah. So we are blessed that we have a number of volunteers who have continued to uh, work with us over the course of the last year. Um, they, um, you know, because we are a little bit of a marriage of um, higher ed and a cultural institution like a museum, children's museum, we do have folks who are volunteering with us here every day, um, interacting with kids, helping to um, run our exhibits, helping to, um, you know, take kids throughout all of the educational exhibits we have in all of our buildings and connect with the, the professionals who are here at work. So we do have some volunteers who are wonderful people who are here um, every day um, doing that work with us. We do also um, have opportunities for service days in the surrounding neighborhoods and throughout Denver. And so we also uh, offer opportunities for people to volunteer on our spur service days, which we do quarterly and range from river cleanups to, um, you know, helping um, with home uh, improvements in the neighborhood. So we have a whole slew of different activities that we connect volunteers with. Wow, awesome. Bill, bring us home. All right. Well, um, this has just been fascinating. We could, I've still, I've got a million questions, but um, we don't have that long. In fact, uh, one of the things that Joe Salusio Joe often says is, you know, I wish we could bring people back. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd certainly, in, in say a year or so, since you're still new, uh, I'd like to bring you back and, and see how, uh, how things are going. Um, but in, in every one of our podcasts, uh, at the end, we have two questions that we like to ask people. The first is, what, uh, what did Joe not say that he should, he should have? What, what didn't he ask you? Because obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm okay, but um, I know he probably missed some stuff. And then the second one, and I'm really interested in this, is what do you think the future of higher education is in America? Because you must have a unique perspective on that. Okay, wow, two softballs at the end. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I guess I would just share that um, an open invitation to anyone to come and visit us at SPUR. Um, we uh, welcome visitors from uh, around the Denver Metro who can get here really easily. And we also welcome visitors from all across the country and around the world. 
Um, we have, uh, I think, uh, an interesting story to tell. We also love to learn from the people who come here and come through our doors. So we are constantly um, thinking about how we can improve um, our offerings and, and how we can collaborate with others. We really feel like collaboration is the key um, to um, being successful in what we want to do in inspiring lifelong learners uh, to engage in, in food, water, sustainability, and health. Um, to, to take a stab at answering your question about the future of higher ed, um, I mean, I, I think one of the things that's really different about SPUR, right, is that a lot of the, the um, people we serve are, are younger than college age, right? We have um, 10-year-olds and 12-year-olds coming through our doors and giving us feedback on the experiences they're having. And um, I am so inspired by their interest and their commitment. Um, and I think that um, over the course of the next several years, we'll continue to see students who come in with um, really creative ideas and um, our job is to be responsive. And I think that's um, true, uh, particularly true at SPUR. We wanna be responsive to what it is that our community is asking us for. And um, I think that likely applies um, equally to, to other components of higher ed. Let's hope somebody who's listening will, uh, will take that to heart. Um, and with that, folks, we're going to wrap up here. And I first want to uh, thank my uh, my great co-host, Joe Leonard from Advanced 360 Education. At any rate, Joe, I don't think we need Salus Joe to do this. You and I could probably take over. Um, oh, no, he's trained us well. We're good. Yeah, that's, that's true. And again, I, I want to thank uh, our very special guest today, Associate mm -hmm. Vice Chancellor for the Spur Campus and Special Projects. Um, at the CSU Spur campus, Jocelyn Hiddle. Uh, thanks very much, and I hope you enjoyed your uh, your EdUp experience today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, and thanks for what you do. Thank you both, and you have EdUp, folks. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for some um, um, amazing news. It's time to work together to solve the puzzle of success in higher education. Belusian Live returns to New Orleans for March 26th through 29th to help you unlock possibility for your institution. And yes, the EdUp experience will be there recording live. Industry leaders from all across the world are converging to discover new insights, game-changing solutions, and powerful connections, all with the goal of addressing higher ed's greatest opportunities and biggest challenges. You do not want to miss Elusian Live. Learn more and secure your seat today at elusian.com. It will be amazing you know that the world of higher education is experiencing evolutions and revolutions you want to be part of the progress commencement the beginning of a new era in higher education with insights from more than 100 college and university presidents will show you how get your copy of commencement the beginning of a new era in higher education now on amazon right away we think you're gonna love it it's amazing.